Week 11 rapidly approaching. In fact, we've got Thursday night football primetime tonight. Patriots and Falcons previews and picks for Thursday night and the early Sunday games. And which one of these NFC teams is going to step up and take charge of those sixth and seventh seeds in the NFC wild card race? That coming up on today's Peacock and Williams. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Might have time to grab a couple of your listener questions. Plan to do it yesterday. The rookie quarterback conversation went long uh, I've got some follow-ups about that rookie quarterback conversation as we start to look toward Thursday night football and previewing these games this week and one of those teams with Mac Jones and the Patriots playing tonight Thursday night to kick off week 11 Matt but first we've got to do the other thing we've been teasing all week which is the NFC playoff teams and, and specifically those teams that are angling right now and look like about the five or so teams that are going to be fighting for those wild card spots, those last two six and seven slots in the NFC, Matt. And those teams, as I see it, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, one, two, three, four, five right now in the NFC is Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas, Tampa, Los Angeles. There's a real good shot those five teams are getting in, even if somebody has a hiccup and, and things are kind of hiccuping right now for the Rams, losing two straight. They're still going to be in a good spot, I think, as all the rest of those teams are. But six and seven, still two playoff spots. You've got the New Orleans Saints at five and four, Panthers at five and five. Those would be in right now. There's three, four, and five teams Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco 49ers coming off wins. Atlanta Falcons just got blown out by the Cowboys. I think it's those five teams Falcons, Niners, Vikings, Panthers, Saints. One more question Would you add the yeah. Eagles at four wins? That's what I was going to say, because the Eagles play the Saints, and we'll either get to today or tomorrow. They're favored by two points. So Hmm. you beat the Saints, you get the five and six. The Saints then become five and five. You you kill two birds there with a win. Right, that's true. So I think that would at least include the Eagles in the conversation if they get that win, which, of course, isn't a slam dunk. Right. Um, Interesting. And then so we're discounting the three win teams, Washington, New York, Seattle, Chicago, and obviously the Lions at 08-1. Yeah. I mean, on my list here, I have Chicago and Seattle at least in the conversation, but I put an X next to them thinking, I don't think they could happen. But, I mean, the Bears still have eight more games to play. Can they win six of them? That seems a little lofty, but I like how they're playing right now. And they have looked like a different team the last two weeks. You get Khalil Mack right. back. So that's, yeah, that's, it's not impossible. And it's funny because the Bears actually with tiebreakers and everything else are 15 seed right now in the NSC. And I would probably have wow. them as at least the next most likely, you know, Seattle, obviously, if they can figure something out there with Russell Wilson, but they've looked so bad this year. Um, I would put them easily over New York and Washington. I, I think so. And, like, so I put X's by those teams, and then I put check marks by the Niners and Panthers. Just, I think they're playing the best of the two. I mean, like, right now, if we power rank these guys, 
I think they would be my two highest so far. I mean, do you do you agree with that, or would I, you put New Orleans there? New Orleans has that little bit of a head start at five and four, but I agree with you. I feel the best about, especially seeing Cam Newton in there. Um, the Panthers, I feel the best about, and then the Niners. And if the Niners look anything like they did last week, that's the team you you hoped you would see if you were a Forty ers fan, and, and maybe they found their identity. If that's the team we're talking about, then that I, I would totally agree with you. Then. Then Panthers, 49ers, and that makes things difficult for the Saints, especially if they lose to the Eagles. That just makes everything else closer. And uh, Atlanta, don't like it. Uh, Vikings would definitely be the next one with the Saints after the the 49ers and the Panthers. Okay. See, while you were asking me that last question, I was searching for something on the Internet because I write this Matt Stats for the Steelers every week about their upcoming opponent, the game, and I found this one, and it is based on every team's record as we speak, which doesn't necessarily mean how good you are. I dug up opposing winning percentage for rest of the year. And I did this because the Steelers have the hardest schedule in the league going forward based on everyone's record right now. So I just wanted to pull that up again and just say, are any of these teams we're talking about have a brutal schedule or an easy schedule. Like, for example, the Steelers have the hardest schedule and their opponents are at a 60% winning percentage. The Titans have the easiest schedule. Their upcoming opponents are at 34.6% winning percentage, which is easy street for the Titans. But the Eagles are 30th. I mean, I mean, third easiest. So their opponents right now only have a 41% winning percentage that they're going to play. Your Niners are pretty favorable, too. They're mm-hmm. at like 46%. Seattle's in that neighborhood, but I think Seattle's too far out of it. So back to the original conversation, I'm going to keep the Eagles alive, especially with the win over the Saints. Do you discount them with a loss to the Saints? Is this make or break for the Eagles? Like, this is their playoffs right now. You hate to say that in week 11 of a 18-week <laughs> schedule, but... Probably yes. four and seven seems like a you know, and that's uh, where it gets difficult and it becomes insurmountable. There's too many teams, so one of these teams is going to go on a heater. So, if you're the Seattle yeah. Seahawks or the Bears, even if you do pretty well, you've got to do a game or two better than these other teams that have a chance to do pretty well. And there's just too many teams to leapfrog. So, do you agree teams most likely to go on a heater, San Fran and Carolina? Yep, that's why I like those teams. And Me too. Um, Niners have some work to do because they're half a game back of Carolina, full game back of the Saints. That could all clean itself. I mean, the you know if 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 that scenario you talked about, Eagles beat the Saints. Eagles are now five and six. Saints are five and five. If the 49ers beat the Jaguars, which is expected, right? They're five and five. And so you know everyone's just tired. They're right building there. momentum now. It's just now it's it's six games or seven games. Shotgun start, let's go. You know, and talked about the schedule. The Niners still play the Texans, and they play um, play the Jaguars this week. The 49ers have a pretty easy schedule, so if they don't, then they don't deserve it. They, but the way it looks, if they're going to be a good football team, they're going to make the playoffs. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. 
I feel like we're counting the Vikes a little, selling them a little short here. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's tough because I you, hard, we sh- definitely shouldn't discount the Vikes at all, and they're that's why they're that next team. Um, you know, and they've got the Lions coming up. The Niners and Vikings play each other. The Niners and um, Falcons play each other. So, you know, those things will sh- shake themselves out. So that's what will be interesting. It'll be really fun with those games, and those might be uh, really the, the biggest games of the upcoming schedule for those teams because not mm-hmm. only – uh, do they have an opportunity to knock a team out, you know, and, the, and then they have an opportunity to, to win a game and, and, and get a little closer to the playoffs. So those will be huge. A little side note, too. I'm sitting here looking at the standings of the teams we talked about with the best plus minus in terms of points. Eagles are high. Um, the Saints are the best of the teams we talked about, but the Eagles are second, you know I mean? So I keep coming back to Philadelphia, like – Two-point favor, you get to fit five and six, maybe, but they just do not seem like a playoff team to me. Well, spoiler alert, I think I know um, who I'm taking with points this week because I don't, I'm not sure I'm buying that Eagles uh, yeah, Eagles no, as favorites right now. So um, before we jump in on that, is there anything to take away? You talked about your your um, spreadsheet you sent me this morning, and it's the old Parcells yeah. uh, completions plus rushes. Is there anything you took from that conversation about the NFC teams that looks good for one of those teams and something that they're putting, something that they're doing, or if this, is if this even is a predictive thing? Yeah, this I, I was bored last night, so I t- took a half hour out and just did this as kind of a midseason thing, and I'll do it, you know, postseason, of course. And Bill Parcells always harped on add your number of rushing attempts plus your completions. And you'll see who the good teams are. And the logic is we can probably play it either way you want. Like, for example, Dallas is number one. They're both, they do both really well. If you take away the run, they throw. If you take away the pass, they run. They can beat you in numerous ways. You know, they're not one dimensional or you're just awesome at one thing. Fair enough. But it's the logic's changed a little bit. Mike Lombardi talks about this a lot too. A lot of the old school dudes that you know were brought up in the NFL in the eighties and nineties really believe in this, and I kind of do too. I mean, I think it's in, I think it's indicative of who the good teams are and how they can play things and control the clock and handle different elements and different types of defenses. So a couple that kind of stand out for this conversation. Carolina's far and away the best one that we've talked about. You know, they're like ninth in the league overall in terms of rushes plus interceptions or rushes plus completions. And I just tweeted out the top five or six and the bottom five or six. If you guys want to check those out or if you're curious where your team stands, send me a, a, a tweet. But I keep coming back to Carolina as the probably my best bet to make the playoffs of the teams we mentioned. And then this was maybe the most startling thing I found. Seattle's a distant 32nd. You know, they're behind Houston by a play and a half, you know, by 1.5. I mean, Jacksonville. I mean, they're a distant last. Average under 20 completions a game. I mean, really bad. (laughs) It's amazing seeing Seattle down there. They run so few plays, and they've already been that sort of a team, but I feel like it's skewed even further, and, and that's really a bad thing for their offense and and I and I like the obviously you complete a lot of passes you're probably going to win a lot of games so you could probably just mm-hmm. look at completions and and find a correlation there too and then the rushing thing I've always been annoyed by the oh yeah run the ball 30 times and you're going to win the game well it's like yeah but that's a factor of you were already winning and you were able to run more so than your 
beat your head into a brick wall 30 times and here you go here's your trophy you won a football game because you rushed enough times you know so the, it's yeah. more of a, a look back than uh this is how you what you need to do to win to, sort of a thing but it's weird because i, I think you s- share some dna with with bill parcells bill parcells must have gone home at night and you with your spreadsheets back then it was him probably with a pad and paper thinking right. about different things and he came up with the 52 combined completions plus rushes and he always had his thing about drafting a quarterback he had to have this uh he had to have this the many starts yeah. uh, and, and like you know he had his whole it, it's really funny and just, your mind i think works a little bit like bill parcells i guess there could be worse things in this profession he's <laughs> yeah. been a pretty successful fella except i just screwed something up pretty bad I overlooked the Vikings. The Vikings are third in the league in this metric. They're at 53.7, only behind Dallas and Baltimore. So I kind of overlooked the, the first couple teams thinking, oh, they wouldn't even be in this conversation. I'll scroll down real quick. And I found Carolina at nine. But that makes sense with the Vikings. A lot of Dalvin Cook, a lot of Jefferson, a lot of Thielen. You know, they're pretty balanced. I think I'd have to – they might jump the Niners for me as if I'm putting a chip down on – two of these teams to get in. I think I go Carolina. I know I go Carolina. Vikes versus Niners is tough for me. Looking at schedule, and since those teams are tied right now, they will play each other, obviously, Niners and Vikings will. But looking at schedule, the 49ers' schedule is much easier than the Vikings. The, the 49ers only play, I think, two teams the rest of the way that have a winning record. Um, they've got the Texans. They've got the Jaguars. Vikings, Falcons, um, the, the the Vikings, first of all, have hardly played any division games. They still have the Packers twice, still have the Bears twice. I would have much rather played the Bears at the beginning of the season than the end of the season. That's actually the, their last two games are Packers, Bears. They've got mm-hmm. the Rams. They've got the Steelers still. So they really only have one really easy game where you're like, okay, well, that's probably going to be a win, and that's the Lions on schedule. Um, and then there's you know some definite winning winnable games, but their schedule much more difficult than a team like the 49ers. So that's where I would probably yeah. break the tie with the 49ers. And by the way, Kirk Cousins, I think he's the highest rated quarterback in the league according to PFF right now. He's playing pretty well. But when I see Vikings Twitter on Sundays, they want Kirk Cousins gone. It's a pretty amazing situation there. That poor guy. I mean, <laughs> they expect them to be, you know, an all-time great or something. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's good. Um, just to back that up, the Vikings have the 10th hardest schedule, and the Niners have the 27th hardest schedule going forward. Okay. Yeah. And Sounds maybe that right. game is the difference. And I'm going to pick the Niners to win this week, and I'm going to pick the Vikings to lose this week. Well, so there you go. maybe that's enough to say San Fran. All right, we got to move along and start yeah, picking yeah. some of these games for Week 11 coming up. All right, NFL fans, want to let you know about a new app that is incredible that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. It's super easy. You download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code touchdown by the way you get an extra bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up so that's 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first fill up don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside it's awesome you download the app and you open it up and it tells you which gas stations or partners you go there you fill up you get cash back it goes right into your account you can withdraw 
that cash back anytime you want to your bank account, to PayPal, get an e-gift card, whatever you want. It's super easy, free cash for you whenever you get gas. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as a couple hundred bucks a month every single month because they're using the Get Upside app and getting cash back every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Matt, I got to say, we've got the Patriots at the Falcons on Thursday Night Football. Our conversation about the rookie quarterbacks yesterday, the only pushback I got was from Patriots fans, and they, they were a little bit fired up that, that we didn't give Mac Jones enough respect, that we uh, that we mm. you know said he bumped his head against the ceiling already, that uh, we didn't he didn't, they didn't like the quarterbacks we compared him to, and you know I talked about how his draft grade for me was more like an Andy Dalton level top thirty five pick than a than a top ten top three pick in a player. Uh, Kirk Cousins, by the way, is the highest graded quarterback in the NFL. That's the guy I compare him to most. So it's not I'm not bad mouthing Mac Jones by saying he compares favorably to Kirk Cousins. We just said he's a good quarterback, but um, some fans got mad at me, and it's really interesting to see Patriots fans because some of them uh, believe that Mac Jones is the truth, and that it was all Tom Brady in the past, and then some of them think it's all Belichick. And it's like I, I can't really figure out the Pats fans right now. So can you help me out? Did we did like did we say something wrong about Mac Jones? Did we not give him enough credit, ranking him third of quarterbacks we would select going forward? I thought we gave him all the respect in the world. I mean, I guess he came in at third, and people want him to come in first. He's playing the best of all of them, and I'm not sure if I saw that said this yesterday, but. I didn't imply that if you threw Lawrence or Fields in New England, it would go as well or better. I mean, that's not what I meant by that. I think he's playing extremely well. Um, <laughs> uh, we also threw some Matt Ryan comparisons out there. I think everyone mm-hmm. would take, a, if you took the 15th pick in the draft, he turns into a Matt Ryan career. Yep. I mean, that's not so savvy. Absolutely. That said, how do you feel about these Patriots? They've won four straight uh, they've blown some teams out too, like they've won by multiple scores in three of those four games. The, the The Patriots' resume looks rock solid right now. They're on the road in a short week, traveling to Atlanta to, to face the four and five Falcon, uh, Falcons. The Patriots, after a rough start to the season, uh, at six and four now after that four straight wins, and Mac Jones playing some really good ball for a rookie quarterback and really for an NFL quarterback right now. Yeah, and I, I tweeted out two Patriot numbers yesterday. I mean, their average game basically ends up with the Patriots winning by 10. You know, And they've also scored, scored points on 47.6% of their possessions. Only the Bills are better. And if you happen to pull the, you know, do a little deductive reasoning from the first segment, I didn't mention Atlanta as one of those NFC teams. I think they get their doors blown off tonight. And the biggest reason why is I'm really a big believer that the Patriots are the most physical team in the league. The biggest, most rugged, physical at the line of scrimmage, Trent Brown, you know, I mean, just maul you. I mean, I just think they beat your ass physically. And that's a that's a Belichick thing. I mean, his linebackers are old school 250-pound guys that blow up guards. You know, like his whole front seven is big and nasty. And maybe they don't run or cover like, you know, the, the contemporaries nowadays. But doesn't matter. And I think Atlanta – might be the total opposite. <laughs> you know, I mean, their 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 offensive line is pretty finesse. 
they don't have a lot of size and power and girth on the def- defensive front. They're all about speed and a dome. I think by the fourth quarter, Atlanta's going to get be all beat up. I saw something really funny. It was a side by side video of Mac Jones in training camp and, you know, meeting with the the reporters and he was happy go lucky, happy to be here rookie and smiling and having fun and and joking around and kind of long answers. And then they uh, showed an interview from this week where he was talking about, uh, I don't know, the question was something about, you know, looking ahead or something. He's like, I'm not looking ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on the, the Falcons. Short answers, short answers, straight face. And he was like, man, Belichick's gotten to him already. He's like, he's fully indoctrinated into this oh, Patriots yeah. way of life. It was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely taken to the Patriots for sure. Um, but I'm with you, I'm sure you, the Saban connection has a little bit something to do yeah, with that. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. a lot of that, actually. Um, the... The Patriots, even their losses, they've lost some pretty close games. They lost, it was an eight-point loss, I believe, to the, no, seven, uh, six-point loss, actually, to the Cowboys, two-point loss to the Bucks, a couple scores to the Saints early in the season, one-point loss in the opener to the Dolphins, where we thought maybe uh, these two teams were going to turn out a lot different this year. But, man, they've beaten uh, the Chargers, then they blew out the Panthers by multiple scores blew out the Browns by multiple scores here and then you look at what the Falcons have done this year they only have one good win on their entire resume and that was two weeks ago beating the Saints by two points yeah and And that's a division rival yeah know each other well and their only other wins are against the Jets the Dolphins and Giants and those are bottom five teams in the NFL right now so um the, the 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 resume looks so much better for the Patriots I don't like taking an away team on the road in a short week seven points it's a lot but I, I can't bet on the Falcons either so um, as much as I don't like to do it right now just the way these teams are playing and um, what their resume says to me about the type of teams they are I'm going to take the Patriots and give up those points yeah and I, I know some people kill the Pats like hey you lost to the Dolphins in week one like, yeah. okay you know that was week one but in in Miami's not as much of a bottom feeder as some teams but our buddy GoPat79 tweeted me about it 24 hours ago saying, my Pat's three losses against Miami, Tampa, Dallas, the other two are pretty strong losses, combined 10 points. You know, like, they're, they're a good team. It was a one-point loss in week one with a rookie quarterback's first ever NFL start. Right, right. I mean, I'm not going to kill him for that. And at the time, we didn't even bat an eye. We're like, oh, Miami's probably a playoff team. And some, so not only a rookie quarterback, you're getting him involved. There was a, a lot of roster movement in the offseason. They spent a lot of money and brought a lot of guys in. And we talked about, eh, maybe not True. the smartest money spent, but they got a lot of uh, the COVID season really hit them hard. They got some players back there. So might have taken some time for to get the new players involved. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of rolling right now, the Patriots are. So it's hard to bet yeah. against them. Uh, but, you know, normally home team favored by seven on a Thursday, I'd probably take those points, but I'm not going to in this one. I hear you. I hear you. 49ers at Jaguars. Niners coming off a huge win, a closed-door meeting. This was a different team, and I've watched this team all year. They kind of sleptwalked through the first half of the season. There was a veterans closed-door uh, a closed door meeting led by some key veterans in the 49ers. They came out on fire and angry and just physically beat up and pancake. I mean, there was pancakes and flapjacks being served for dinner at Levi's Stadium on Monday Night Football. Like, I, have, I don't know if I've ever seen. Like, they thoroughly <laughs> dominated the Rams. And I don't like the West Coast to East Coast trip here against the the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it is still the Jacksonville Jaguars. So 
Niners, again, another road team favored by uh, a touchdown, six points here. But uh, I just can't see if this 49ers team did figure something out and found an identity. I think they can handle their business. And I'll give up those points again uh, on the road for the 49ers at the Jaguars. I was excited to bet on the Jags on this one because I thought the number would be like nine. You know, after everyone saw the Niners, what Mm -hmm. they did, primetime, turning a corner, Jags getting no respect. This number's a little low, though. I mean, it's only six. And I was going to say, yeah, Jags will keep it close. Their defense is better than people think. It's starting to play a little better. We had a good Trevor Lawrence conversation yesterday. One o'clock game all the way across the country. Six, this isn't enough, though. I'm I'm shocked this isn't an eight or nine point spread. And by the way, to our conversation about the rookie quarterbacks yesterday, I had Tony Wiggins on the Locked On 49ers podcast, a little crossover today, and we talked about that. And I asked him, you know, what's the deal with Trevor Lawrence? He's got the lowest PFF grade of all these quarterbacks, and we kind of haven't seen that stardom quite yet from him. And he, he put it bluntly. He said, look, I've seen busts. I've seen Blake Bortles. I've seen Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. This ain't a bust. This dude's for real, and um, he's going to be really good. So that Couldn't agree more. But not good enough, I don't think, in this one. Not enough to keep it this close. No. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's. Uh, we'll get some more of these 10 a.m. games for the West Coasters. The 1 p.m. starts Sunday for the East Coasters next, and preview and make picks for those early Sunday games coming up. Do you want to go in on some dogs like Matt Williamson? Well, you can find those odds, more props, more odds, more lines than ever before at betonline.ag and a new web interface for the start of the basketball season yeah there's not only football college football nfl nba basketball college basketball major league baseball futures you've got nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and beyond at betonline.ag new updated desktop and mobile website Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Promo code Locked On at Bet Online, where the game starts. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, they are surging. They're at 5-5 five and five now. They're on the road to face the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills at home. Another touchdown favorite here buffalo at home favored by seven points over those colts yeah i don't know if weather's an issue or not but i think the colts are very adept to handling that a lot of jonathan taylor um i think the bills d is really stifling and no matter what it's a tough place to play i'm expecting a wentz brain fart of some sort you know maybe and he hasn't done many of those so i feel like i keep bringing that up and they don't happen um but the Bills offense, everyone talks about the what's wrong with the Chiefs offense. The Bills offense has their share of struggles as well. And, you know, they, they used a fullback a lot to last week. And they kind of l- dedicate themselves to the run a little bit more. And uh, I'm curious how they play this one. I'm still going to take the Bills. because I'm not super impressed with the Colts, to be frank. By the way, you mentioned weather. There is something coming through the East Coast. I don't know if you've uh, you're seeing it yet, but there is a lot of wetness. It looks like potentially in the forecast for the weekend, and potentially in Jacksonville, uh, potentially in Buffalo, potentially in Chicago, uh, Cleveland. Huh. 
and uh, Tennessee. All those games. Uh, I'm seeing a little bit of raindrops here uh, on uh, on the forecast, on the AccuWeather forecast. So we'll see how that. It's much different in Florida. 71 degrees with raindrops versus you know 48 <laughs> Buffalo in, yeah. in Buffalo. So uh, those are those are different environments. But yeah, that could play a role and maybe suppress some points here this weekend. Yeah, and I don't think it hurts the Colts particularly bad. Just keep him at the Taylor behind Nelson, and I mean, you would think it would it would favor the home team, but uh, that might help keep things close. Um, I, I'm still going to take Buffalo, but sort of reluctantly. I think that's a good line. Maybe it's just sticking in my mind, seeing how well the Colts played in weather against the 49ers, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a better Colts team than the start of the season. I think they can keep it close against the Bills. I don't like picking all these away teams, but I am going to take the points here on this one. I think the Bills can win it straight up, but um, if I'm getting seven points, I will take that for the Colts and, and see if they can keep this one close. I'm switching it up because I meant to start this segment by letting everyone know I'm not a betting expert, but this year the dogs are hitting like 58% of the time, which is way more than usual. Like that, that's it's a, a historic year for the underdogs. And I was going to make it a point to bet more dogs, and I just took two favorites. So I'm switching it. I'm going with the Colts because I was on the fence on that. Here's another dog I've got. This is one of my favorites of the week, and I actually wish it was more points. But the Bears at home at 3-6, and six, they're hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens coming in at 6-3. and three. Ravens favored by 4.5 points. This is my upset special of the week. I like what's mm-hmm. going on with Justin Fields. Following a bye now, he's got his feet under him. Uh, you get Khalil Mack back. And the Ravens have been a team that is beatable. They've found a lot of ways to win. But on the road here, I'm going to take those 4.5 points. And I do think the Bears can even upset the Ravens in this one. And maybe even make a little surge here late in the year. I'm also going to take the points. I don't know who I'd like to win the game. Last we saw the Ravens, they were confounded by the the Dolphins. You know, that that seven-man front, four across, who's coming, who's not. But they've had a long week to work on it. The Bears had a bye. That's another one I wanted to bring up, too. I used to, for years and years, and really up till now, I've always put, well, they're coming off a bye, and I put that in the positive column. Lately, teams coming off a bye have not done well either, and there's a logic behind it, is there's NFL rules where you can't practice. They have to disappear and not be at the state at the facility for like four or five days. So like Tampa coming off a bye last week looked bad. You know, like some of these teams coming off a bye haven't looked great because I think they have they get out of rhythm and they haven't practiced. But I still like the points here for the Bears, and I think a, a bye might do them well with the young quarterback, and they're starting to understand things. I like where the Bears are at right now. I do want to reserve the opportunity to switch this back if Khalil Mack, who still hasn't practiced yet this week, yeah. Allen Robinson's been out with a hamstring, even though they're coming off a of bye week here. Uh, Darnell Mooney limited. Eddie Jackson hasn't practiced yet this week with a hamstring. Akeem Hicks. Uh, with uh, with an ankle injury, so uh, that's a lot to be missing. And if that's, I have a feeling they're going to play later in the week, and, and maybe all those guys are going to play because I don't, th- I think it's time for Mac to come back. And I thought after the buy is when that was going to be, but if that doesn't happen, okay. then you know maybe this line grows, and and um, and maybe it would be tough to. Uh, it, you would definitely want to be on Baltimore side in that case, probably if if I mean, if they're that. Those are pretty big players. Even though Al Robinson hasn't done a ton, oh, ton yeah. this year, you want him on the field opposite Darnell Mooney. And there's potential, I guess, they could be out, both of them out. But I think those guys will get on the field. That's the vibe I get right now. But Me we're too. early still on Thursday. We don't have the the Thursday or Friday practice reports yet. 
I like this call, though. It feels like it should be like two and a half or three. You know, I mean, you're giving me over a field goal and probably a defensive game. I'll, I'll take the points. Justin Fields, by the way, the last two weeks has been, or the last two games, not the last two weeks because they had a bye, the last two games has been a top 12, a QB1 in your fantasy football leagues, and he yeah. hasn't even hit full stride yet. So, um, yeah, and I remember it. looking last year at, at uh, Jalen Hurts. I was like, man, Jalen Hurts is a, a starting fantasy quarterback, and I didn't feel like he played that well. But with, with that rushing ability, and you make enough throws, and – Justin Fields, that's what we're seeing from him right now, too, because he's not playing great ball, but he's playing a little bit better. But, man, when you throw in some rushing yards and you make a couple throws, a couple touchdown passes, all of a sudden you're putting up big-time points for your fantasy football leagues. And uh, that, that could be a fantasy stalwart there because he's much better player than Jalen Hurts, both as a runner and a passer, I think. Oh, I do, too. And I'm almost certain this is still true because it was like two weeks ago. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback in the NFL that's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback every week this year. It's crazy. It's crazy, right. He's not even that good. He's starting <laughs> to play better, but there was a lot of games there he didn't play well. Right, yeah. So from a fantasy perspective, man, get those athletic quarterbacks in there. Absolutely. Lions-Browns. Browns just having a rough go right now. Doors blown off. They started the season so promising. Luckily, it's the 0-8-1 Lions coming into town. Maybe a little... Maybe a little um, vibe from the Lions that got off the schneid, did not lose. By the way, Matt, I didn't even realize it, but I had the Steelers in the Peacock and Williamson Survivor League last oh, week. Oh, how's that work? And that's a, it's a W for me. I survived. Ah, My team didn't lose. Didn't so uh, that was nice. It was a nice little surprise for me there. Um, so I'm still alive along with nine others. We're, we went from 200 to nine now. About half the teams went out last week in the in the Survivor Pool. I think it was the uh, the Browns got a couple teams and I can't remember what the other ones were. I don't have it up. Oh, I do have it up. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find this. Yeah, I'm curious little, how that went. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how ties went. And, and... Report. I was surprised to see that as well. Um, it is... Here we go. All right. So the Ravens knocked two teams out. Browns knocked a couple teams out. And the Bucks lost, knocked one team out. Uh, five of us that had the Steelers advanced after that tie. So, um, yeah, nine, nine left out of the 200 that started there. Nice. Yeah, we've been harping on Steelers, Ra Steelers Nation Radio that Steelers still haven't lost since week four. It's amazing. <laughs> Even though they look like crap, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll get to the Steelers. <laughs> We will get to the Steelers. Um, what game are we on here? Oh, the Cleveland Browns. So Yeah, Brownies, Lions. Cleveland Browns, they lost to those Steelers. They lost to the Cardinals, lost to the Chargers. They do have wins in uh, against Denver and against the Bengals in there. But uh, this is a team I do not know what to expect from. But, I mean, it is the Lions, and I don't think the Lions have any uh, hopes of going to Cleveland and knocking off the Browns. The question is 11.5 points, Matt. I want the points. I think the Browns are in a really rough spot right now. They have a lot of injuries, including Mayfield. Is Chubb going to be back? Um, I'm hoping for my bet here that weather is a factor. It was a huge factor in the tie here in Pittsburgh last week. Just slowed things down and let the Lions muck it up. And I think they're going to, you know, they're definitely going to try to do that again. I'll take 11 and a half. I don't know that the Browns are in a good spot right now. 
I like it too. Yeah, eleven and a half. I mean, the Browns could still win this one by ten, and you're in the money. It's just a lot yeah, of points yeah. in a game that's got a forty-three and a half over. It could be some, you know, even if it's not pouring rain, it's probably not going to be ideal football playing conditions there in Cleveland. Injuries galore. So low scoring. Take the under, and I'll take those points for uh, eleven and a half for the Lions. Yeah, I like it. Texans at Titans. This one is the 8-2 and two Titans hosting the 1-8 and eight Texans. Surprised here, the Titans at home favored by 10, which is less than what the Browns are favored at home. Is that just because it it's like a, a familiar number. division opponent, maybe? Maybe. Even though I, I expected that to be 12 and a half, 13. And I was going to jump all over Houston. And I'm still going to take double digits. People don't realize Houston's defense, not only is it doesn't stink, it's kind of league average. It's okay. And I don't know what the Titans are doing on offense. I mean, they have like one good player on offense anymore, or two <laughs> if you count the quarterback. You know, like who's getting the ball there? I mean, a bunch of no names. I feel like that has to come back to earth a little. I think the Titans' D, led by their D line, will absolutely control this thing. It's a low over under 45. If you're going to give me double digits in a low scoring game, I'm going to take my chances on the Texans. And Tyrod didn't play great the last time we saw him, but usually he doesn't turn the ball over and he doesn't kill you. And that might be enough for this bet. Yeah. Would he throw three picks? Yeah. That's on his, his debut or his return. That, yeah. That's, that's not great. I don't see that happening again, but I'm actually going to go the other way. I am going to take the Titans and give up those points at home just because I think the defense will do enough to keep the, the Texans at bay. And it could be one of those 17 to three games or something like that. And they still cover the 10 points, even though it's a low scoring affair. Uh, and I do think the Titans have enough on offense, good offensive line. And I don't really care who's even running the football for them at this point. Uh, they're going to be fine uh, running the football as well. So give me the Titans, and I will reluctantly give up those 10 points. Okay. Packers-Vikings, here we go. Vikings, if you want to do something, start shocking the world. Beat those Packers, and they are in Minnesota here. Top-ranked quarterback Kirk Cousins hosting the 8-2 and two Packers. Green Bay on the road favored by only two points. It's only two-point favor here by uh, by the Packers on the road. I really like what the Packers D has done lately. And I think they'll play a lot of too high, take away Jefferson and Thielen, and Cook could have a very nice game. I don't know that that's enough to keep up with Rodgers, who I expect to be much better this week than he was last week. He was a kind of a fluky, rusty, whatever. I just think Green Bay's the much better team. I don't care where it's played. Two's not enough for me. I'll take the pack. Two's not enough for me either. I think we're going to see a lot better Aaron Rodgers than we did last week in that funky game against the Seahawks. And, uh, yeah, two points is just not enough to to scare me off of uh, those Green Bay Packers. Although, I would I wanted this line to be bigger so I could take the, the home dog in the Vikings here, but uh, hmm. not going to. Yeah. Going to take those Packers. All right, we're out of time today. We will get to a couple of more of the early games tomorrow. Dolphins, Jets, Saints, Eagles, Washington at Carolina. Then in the afternoon, there is Bengals at Raiders, Cowboys, Chiefs, which is a good one, Cardinals, Seahawks, and then prime time, your Steelers, Matt, at the Los Angeles Chargers. Almost called them San Diego still. How many years has it been? I'm still trying to call them the San Diego Chargers. And then Monday Night Football, Giants at Buccaneers. We'll have those previews and picks coming up tomorrow. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.